One of us, one of us, we accept him. He's one of us. 1939 Freaks. Okay, wow. That that goes way back. I've never seen that clip before. I've, I've, if you would have referenced it, I would have said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Everybody has heard like the one of us, one of us thing. And it's been parodied thousands of times. But that's where it, it all kind of started. Back in 1939. Yeah, so if you were to join a freak show... Uh, what's your special freak show gift? Like, you know, we saw like the bearded woman and those types of things. Well, I what mean, do you do to get in? Well, I, everybody I think already knows this, but I have my uvula like splits in two. And I think that makes me pretty much a freak. Okay. So you're so, talking about, so, yeah, I mean, we're that, not going to get the camera in there. At the, no, okay. let's not do that. But yeah, it's, yeah, that's, okay. yeah. And I thought that I actually thought that was normal. Okay. I didn't yes. realize I assumed everybody's. You know, unlike the cartoons, though, like like Jerry's getting swallowed by Tom the cat, and he like punches like yeah. the uvula, and it's just one. And yeah. as you're watching cartoons as a kid, you didn't think mine doesn't look like that. Well, I think because when they do hit him, it hits so fast it goes back and forth, almost looks like there's two. And so I thought, yeah, it's a wishbone. That's okay, all right, I can I can touch my nose with my tongue. Okay. I'm not going to do it. No, you can't say that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I did it. Okay. On camera. Let's say it more. Okay. So what are we talking? Wait. Well, first off, what are we doing right now? Oh, we're doing a podcast. And the podcast is going to take the place of what is, would normally happen on Wednesday, November 24th, which is not going to happen, which is we're not going to meet here for normal uh, worship time and Devo that we would we would have. And so instead... As we've done for probably at least, what, five years now? I think it's more than that. Maybe more than that. We've had a podcast. Now, before we used to do audio. Yeah. But now we have a video podcast. And so for those of you who are listening, you're, you you can either be going down the road listening to it or, or maybe you're sitting at home and you're you're getting the, the beauty of all of this. <laughs> and there's going to be a visual component to it, but you can probably fill in the gaps. Yes. All right. So uh, what are we talking about? We are talking about subcultures. Subcultures. So that's why we played the video. Then. Yes. Yeah. Subcultures. What's a subculture? Okay. A subculture is like a, a smaller portion of a culture. There it is. There you have it. It's a subculture. It's in contrast to some of the values and the practices of the, of the dominant yes. culture. So is there a subculture that you would say that you're a part of and you can't say Christianity or the church or anything like that? Um, well, now that's going to, I mean, I guess I'm a subculture of, I'm, you know, a, a parent would be some sort of, oh, come on. It's not a subculture. I don't, well. Do you write a daddy blog or something? Then no, now you're not that part you of the subculture. I do. Um, no, uh, let's see. That's a good question because I don't, I, when you rule out like church and Christianity, I mean, I'm not involved really in a whole lot of other things. Doug, that's that why I'm here. Me. Okay. Oh, no. Today, we, we are going to find Doug. A subculture. <laughs> this is what we're doing. So the rules of the game is that you can only hold on to one culture at a time. Okay. So I can only hold on. Once you culture. let go of one, we're not going back to it. Okay. 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 So, so this one's for practice. Okay. So okay. I'm just gonna look straight ahead so I don't accidentally look over nope. something I'm not supposed nope. to look. No, it's at. fine. Okay. So uh, okay. I'm gonna give you the name. Okay. Give me the name of a subculture, of a and subculture. you tell me what you think it is. Okay. And then and then I'll tell you what it actually is. And then we'll figure out if this is a good fit for you. Okay, okay, I'm Okay, ready. so I'm ready. the okay. first one is like a sample one. Okay, okay it's really easy. easy. Deadhead. A deadhead. Yeah, the deadhead subculture, which is what? I'm going to guess it has something to do with like rock music, maybe. You don't know this one? It's I don't. literally says example. It's like, it's like the easy one. The deadhead. I mean, I would think it'd be like the dummy, but I mean, who would have a subculture of that? <laughs> the Grateful Dead. Oh, the, I, was right there. The beautiful day. I was right there. Hey, I just want y'all to know, for the record, I did say like a rock group. Like, so yeah, a rock band. The Grateful Dead is just a rock band to you. Okay, so so the people at home can see this. I don't know if you can or not. <laughs> so um, so wow, my legs look great there. Look at they're all tanned and hold on to that one. Okay. okay, and so a fan and follower of a rock of the rock group, The Grateful Dead. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So uh, another music one. Well, yeah, it's K-pop. Do you know I what K-pop is? I'm going to just totally guess. I think it has to do with like a, a music that has like pop in like Korea. 
You, wow, that is stunning. Okay, yes. Okay. And so I didn't, I didn't so know. There's you in a K-pop band. Is that the only? That's that's you. So I knew nothing about K-pop music, and but apparently, and I'm there's all, a YouTube link there that is like the hundred best K-pop songs now. They're all horrible. It's like '90s boy band, like hair and like dancing, but the pop music is somehow even worse. Okay, so the are they covers band. from like? And are they in no, English? Most of them were. I I just scanned through. Like, it's so bad. Okay. But, like, people love this stuff. So, so okay, so right now, in theory, you got to choose between being a deadhead or a K-pop. Well, Which one can you see yourself doing? Bob more? is going to kill me, but I'm going for the K-pop. Oh, my goodness. I mean, look how these guys are well-dressed. I okay. just want you to know. Yeah, I mean, know. I'm... I feel more comfortable not in just a tie-dye t-shirt and flip-flops. Okay, so what about a... Okay, a greaser is going to be like, I, I'm going to assume that's back from the 50s. It's, they would slick their hair back like the greaser. I'm definitely this, this crowd. Look at the oh, greaser. Man. That's oh, from Outsiders. Sweet. There. Their yeah. contrast with the Soshis. Yep, yeah. yep, there we go. Oklahoma book there, SE. Hitton is from Tulsa. It's yeah. A, it's an iconic movie. Okay, okay, so you're sticking with the greaser subgroup. Yes. So you're going to preach in a leather jacket and hair slicked back if this is the card you're holding on to at the uh, end of the game. Yeah, yeah, uh, me and that's Kiefer, right? That's Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez, Estevez. I should have known that. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Swayze's Swayze. there, yeah. Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Okay. That's all I know. You ready for this one? Okay. This could be my favorite, Normcore. What do you think it is? <laughs> That's what half is the game. Half the and this is the half that I'm going to fail at. Normcore, um, they really like the TV show Cheers. And <laughs> Norm, that's not a bad guess. It's actually twenty-something punks that live in like cool places. <laughs> Who they think it's hilarious to dress like us. Yeah. Like dead serious. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. They're like, I'm dead. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm wearing new balance shoes. Ah ha ha. Yeah. I'm not wearing Louis Vuitton, you know, that cost me, you know, $1,500 for that belt. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I'm all over this. Normcore. Why? In the, the only picture that you could use is yeah. the one of me in a sombrero. And yes. I have this weird look on my face. Yeah, I chose it well. Okay, so you're holding on to Normcore. Yes. You're getting rid of the greasers. Yes. Okay. I, I like the Normcore. That's that's good. Okay. All right. Cubing. Okay. I what wanna, is cubing? Okay. Man, that could be a lot of things. Maybe you like to stack things. Maybe that makes you a prepper. Maybe you like Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> uh, maybe you like... Um, Cuba. Um, okay, but I am gonna go with. I have no idea. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go with the first one, like prepping, like they're stacking things. Uh, I, I just no. It's oh, speed cube. I just, as soon as as soon as you said no, I thought, oh yeah, it has to be the Rubik's cube. I should know this. White used to to mess he, around with he it. Did. And he did. He could he could solve it. Yeah. Um, I could as long as I got a hammer and broke it apart and <laughs> stuck it back together again. Okay, so you want to? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm saying. Okay, I feel like this is a bit of a crutch because you don't have to change anything if you join the normcore group. Besides, laugh at yourself. Okay, as you dress in regular well, middle class. Well, people normally laugh at me at what I wear. So, although I don't have any shirts that have cactuses okay. on them. Now, you're gonna know this one. Okay. okay? But maybe not everybody at home does. Okay. Cosplay. Cosplay, that's like when you, you dress up like a, kind of like a sci-fi or even like a um, a like, animated. Like, yeah, like, like, like fantasy. Yes. Like Lord fantasy. of the Rings. Yes. Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Stuff like that. Okay, so they hang out at parks. They have sword fights. Yeah, they do. I, I have been known. I, I had a former youth group kid that was participating in a, in a cosplay sword fight, and so I went and cheered for him. Okay. So, so, so I actually it? have skin in the – I don't think he did. Oh, he got, he got nerfed in the head. He got nerfed. But um, anyway, there's you. I think you look pretty good in that. 
He's actually thinking of letting go of the norm core to join I want, the cosplay. I want, I, I want to wait one more because I'm just not ready. Because, I mean, it just makes me nervous. That, that's Pocahontas, I assume. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, and, and Belle. So that would make me the beast. Why okay. not? Okay. Why not? Why He's not? joining the cosplay. Yeah. People at Hobbs are going to find out about this. They're going to be calling you. I'm just hoping there's another. You keep like saying, like, I, I can't hang on. Okay. What is the hustle culture? Okay. I mean, I, I, I like... Uh, what is the hustle? They're like, I have no clue. I mean, I'm just trying to <laughs> Okay. Should I know this? I mean, can you throw me a bone? Give me a hint. Uh, there's like a whole Are they like genre. Hearts? Yeah. There's like a whole genre of self-help, business-minded, entrepreneurial books and podcasts. Okay. Tim Ferriss, Gary Vanderchuk. There's a whole industry about... Um, they're sayings like, I would rather work around the clock for myself than be a slave from nine to five. And, um, well, here, this says, uh, I've got a dream that's worth more than my sleep. And so it's like the hashtag firing my boss, work, 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 grind. I've got a podcast. Um, I've got an MLM, possibly like kind of that culture. MLM. Multi-level marketing. It's like it's like they have side hustles okay, so and, and they're grinders. And as they're... much as I want to get rid of the cosplay one, yeah. um, I'm a preacher and everybody knows that we only work like one to two hours a week. And so I don't think it'd be fair for me to be like, oh, yeah, I'm in the hustle culture. So or, like or the yeah, the hustle. culture. So like you don't want a gig as like an Uber driver to no, like, make extra not. money. Okay. No. no. All right. Now, you could meet people that way and evangelize them. Yeah. Hashtag just saying. Okay. What about the fire culture? Definitely going with the fire culture. Only because I love fire. I mean, okay, George Strait sings about it. He's a fireman. That's, that's his name. That's capital F, capital I, capital R, capital okay. E. Free, indeed, redeemed, Financial independence, retire early. And so these are not people that, like, I want to retire at 57. These are people, like, I want to retire at, at, well, at 35. Or, I want to retire at 35. It's not too late, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to go back in time 10 years. Which means that, like, we've been paying you way too much if you can time travel and still have enough money that's, to retire. That's true. But if I can time travel, I've got it figured out. All right. What about this one? What's a flapper? <laughs> Um, I just I want to think of dolphins. <laughs> you really don't know this one? No, I don't know what a flapper what is. What grade did you get in like history in tenth grade? I, did we have American history in tenth, American history? It, remember, it was so long ago that history has changed since then. It's the nineteen twenties, like the flapper girls that have the short hair and the dresses. You know what? I'll go with this one. <laughs> because. You have to preach it, whatever you're holding on. Oh, I have to preach in it? Well, I just made that rule, but yeah. Now. I was just thinking, I like the 20s, because like, that's the greatest generation ever. And, you know, and they they got to at least witness, although they would have been a little bit older to, okay. to have been a part of World War II. You're getting near the end. Be careful what you're holding on to. Okay. Okay. Skeleton click. What is it? This one's for the kids. Uh, that's like, they like Hall- Halloween costumes. They're the skeletons. 21 Pilots fan club because of the hoodies that Tyler and Josh wore very early in the I'll even preach in that because I love the I love at least one song. I've been stressed out. Yeah, and we've actually used them on this podcast before. So I'm I I feel a little bit like I'm in the karate kid if I wear this outfit. (laughs) Yeah. But other than that, it's pretty cool. Okay, so we're getting near near the end. Cryptozoology. Okay, zoology is animal. Crypto okay. is like, um, I'm going to think like it's encoded like crypto. Okay. So it's, um, there's this underground hidden monkey crew that, um, it's like Planet of the Apes. That's what it is. Uh, no. Except smarter. It's people who go looking for Bigfoot and Loch Ness and other monsters because they think that they're real. And when I was trying to get the definition to put here on the slide, I accidentally put in um, salary. And I can tell you how much they make. It's between $10,000 a year, which that seems high to me, and $200,000 a year, which I'm guessing is the guy that, like, wrote the one book that has sold a lot. Yeah. I can't imagine that you're knocking down a quarter million a year looking for Bigfoot. No, no. But I found a smaller version of him that that I work with all the time. 
Same okay. smell, IQ, maybe even a little lower. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you're going to get rid of the yeah, cookie strategy you're holding on to uh-uh. the skeleton click? Okay, a brony. What is a brony? <laughs> oh, I, I kind of think that was a slang. I had something to do. I know, like, one of the wrestlers. You're thinking to, of The Rock. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, that's something different. I don't know what that word means, so I'm not going to say it. I don't want to say it either. I, I think don't it's wanna, safe, but, but I'm not going to I don't know really for sure, so. A, a brony, so a bro. It's gonna have to do with a guy. Okay. A brony. He's like he just likes to hang out with the dudes all the time. Kind of like a meathead. He's a brony. <laughs> a male fan of My Little Pony. <laughs> Ironically enough, this is the only one I didn't have to Photoshop. That's just <laughs> that's just Doug. He just found this. Yeah, it was just, on my computer. Just, I, I typed in brony, and that's and that's that's, that's what came, came up. up. And so it looks like I, I, the group that I stuck with is a fan of the 21 Pilots. So you can preach in a 21 Pilots something or a Little Pony something. I, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <to my mind>. <laughs> <laughs> See, I should have held on to the, the one about the... The norm core? The norm core. I was not going to let you hold I know. On. You wouldn't let... You're like, you, you can't okay. do this. So youth group kids, if you have a 21 Pilots something... You can loan it to Doug. And, and, and at some point, you will represent your new subculture in yes. front of Taylor Street, in front of your other subculture. Yes. You'll, you'll then diagram these things yes. together. That would, okay. that would be awesome. I'm glad I could close that in and, and have that sliver that of sliver. That, that right there. Yeah. I mean, so. I can't call myself part of the skeleton clique, but I mean, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I think pilot. you introduced that, that group to a lot of our kids in the youth group. Kip, and they, Kip they went on to love it. Ginormous fan. Yeah. I listen to it all the yeah. time, and I'm kind of sick of the new one. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Because my son. Okay. So uh, we do this every year for every the podcast. Year. There's kind of something yes. fun, there's kind of something light. Eventually, we'll get to something a little more serious. But if you want to scoot over now, I you do can. want to scoot over. But as I'm scooting over, I just want to double check okay. those pictures that I saw. Yes. Did you say those made it up on the on there? That's on the why you info. had to sit over here so that we could do like the split screen thing and oh, they could see it. Oh man, yeah. that is absolutely awful. Yes. I cannot believe. That it, they saw that. It's one way to make sure that no other church will like hire you away from, from us. From now on, anytime somebody like types in Brony, like this podcast could potentially come up. Along with that photo that was already <laughs> online. Okay. okay. Wow. I'm glad that you chose that game. Yeah, you're welcome. To, to, now all of you know, when I say that, I say this all the time. I'm like, like I'm a I, I'm like a masochist because I choose to work with you. Now you know what I deal with. Yeah. This is my life. Yeah, it's fun so, for me. I have to say for you. So uh, I, I enjoyed having a, a, a career and the opportunity to preach. And I hope <laughs> I don't ever get fired here because I'm never going to get picked up anywhere else. Unemployable now. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So now we're going to talk about uh, subcultures yes. that, that maybe we're not ready to like quit our lives here and run off and join. But like we're glad that they're out there. Yes. Is that is that a good? Yeah, so, a good I mean, because I think a lot of those you can pull some good from from those, and I, I, I the few that I, I listed, I thought, oh yeah, I, this is something I like. I, I don't want to dive into it, but there's really some good attributes, yeah, that I, I can hang on to. And so we uh, distinguish that from a cult, which ends yes. in like abuse and suicide and yeah. sexual abuse and just yeah. like. We're not doing cults. Yeah, That's no, like, we're no Waco, no Branch Davidians, we're, none of that. We are no subcultures. No drinking, yeah. just these, these subcultures. All right. Okay, so now we have to go. Do I get to go first? You yeah. Well, like, yeah, because you told me that you had like four or five. And I one do of have mine four or I took five. from you. I have three. So. Okay, so the first one I, I would go with is a subculture. And I don't even know if I mentioned this when we were talking earlier, but like the, the motorcycle subculture. No, well... Greasers was on there. That man. was kind of on there. And and what I said I like about the motorcycle subculture is there's two wheels, there's cool leather jackets, and there's the open road. I mean that's just that's that's really cool. So I I think I could go with that subculture, you know, and just maybe get the the vest and you know start working out. I I I think I'm there. Okay. But I don't have a motorcycle. I have well, a bicycle. But you used to have one. I, I used to have one, but I was never. I mean, I rode you, a motorcycle. And you would pedal at the start. It was a little motorcycle. I had to pull it to get it going. 
So there's my first subculture. How about yours? Okay, uh, preppers. Um, I don't think there's going to be a worldwide catastrophe. Um, if there were, I don't know that I want to be the one guy that has like millions of cans of food because I'm kind of a tender heart. I would end up just giving it away anyway. Uh, but as a kid, there was there was a book that I had to read between eighth and ninth grade. Uh, it was called Alas Babylon. It's actually set in uh, Central Florida where. Uh, Brad and Thea and Troy and uh, Becky are from, so that's kind of cool. But anyway, Alas Babylon, it's a <coughs> end of the world apocalypse, nuclear bombs, and I read that book, and, and I was like, that in a way, that would be pretty cool to like start over. And so the people that had food and stuff and knew how to hunt and fish, and I don't know, I, th I thought that it was cool. And so uh, really now, though, as I think about this, I realized that I want like a a a secluded place with water and food really just to get away from like everything else so mainly i would just have to like my kids out of that room and just go there and like i i think you should start right now i mean <laughs> i just there's it's just, just walk away there's the door just just start walking yeah so you're kind of like the trolls movie you're like the the grumpy little troll who like has been like prepping i've never seen that movie but sometimes i just i just need to get away yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I would say uh, another one of mine uh, that I I think is is pretty cool, and this is like a little bit um, later on, but RVing, and even there's a, a specific group of RVers called the Sojourners, and so they they take their their subculture of Christianity and they mix it with the subculture of RVing and they go around and they make opportunities to spread the gospel. So like the motorcycle, it's the open road, uh, but there's no bugs in the teeth. And then at the end of the day, like you get to sleep in a nice comfortable bed that, you know, you've been driving around the country. I and I think it's cool. And the sojourners will go to like Pine Springs and go work for like a week. Yes. They, they do with, all sorts with of their things. hands. Yes. They, they, they build things and fix yeah. things, and it's like skilled craftsmen. Yeah. So, like, you totally could do that. I think I would like that. I can like see that. you doing that. I mean, the one reason I don't like to travel is because I just I love the idea of being home where it's familiar and, and really with, with my family. And so if I could uh, kick the kids out of the house and take my wife with me, we, we could go. Would Jennifer RVing. go for this? You know what? I have no idea. I, I think it's Jennifer, great that you. would you go for this? I think it's great that you introduced this possible yes. life change to her in public. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've already put a down payment on <laughs> an RV, so it should be uh, delivered in a few days. Yeah. All right. Uh, mine is I read a book in around 2007, 2008, and it's called Better Off, and it's by Eric Brindy. And he was a MIT graduate. He had, he had gone to school at Yale. He's super bright. MIT, of course, has technology in the title. And he goes and lives with, they're not technically Amish, but think Amish when you think of these people that he goes to live with. And he lives there for one year. And he had this completely warped idea about what it, it was going to be like. In fact, he kind of bolted up before he went and was thinking that, like, They'll like accept me because they see that I'm strong and that I can work long and hard. And he's picturing like 17 hour days and he gets there and he's amazed at how much more free time that he has. And really at the end of all of this, he just learned so much about himself and life and work and balance. But he says the one thing that like humans need that like they don't use is, you know what? I'm going to let you guess. What is it? After all that, there's one modern-day comfort that he's like changes everything. Uh, indoor plumbing. No. A refrigerator. Oh. The ability to keep food cold. Because if wow. not, you're making your meals from scratch every day. Yeah. And so now he kind of lives a hybrid life, and that's one of the few things that he has. Thank he's got you. a landline and that, and that's about it. But anyway, it's a really good book. I liked it a lot. I would like to go try that out for a while. Wow. Maybe I'm, a week. <laughs> yeah, maybe a week. Wow, that would be awesome. And a week is absolutely the most I could do. Yeah. You, you could you could do it for several months. Uh, I, I don't know about that. Okay, so the next subculture that I have um, is, I know this is kind of weird, but like just campus life. Just going back. And, and I, the reason why I say that, don't look at me like that. No, it's just, okay. 
It's just in a different campus life. Come on, people. Um, but my son is is now at ACU where where I was there many moons ago, and it was just it was a really good time. Um, just you know, you could you could go to a devotional anytime that you wanted to. Um, they always had something there for you. I I was in a club, and so you know we we had friends around, and you know I'm always you know looking for somebody to be my friend, even if they're really mean to me. I'll hang around them if the, they'll be um, give me attention. And you get to play sports, and you it's a learning environment. And what I've been reminding Wyatt is, hey, this is like the only time in your life where you're going to be around thousands of people, like almost your exact age. And it's just, it was a really fun time. I have so many fond memories of Jennifer and I dating then and, and what a great time it was. And so, yeah, I just, I, I really like that. I would go back to college. Yeah. Yeah. High school, no. Middle school, no. College, yeah, no. yes. No, it just, it was, it was a really enjoyable time. Okay, so I wanted to find a way to show video of this, and it, it just doesn't really <laughs> work out that good in, in the uh, format. But there was a Jewish rabbi that was a Hasidic Jew. He was born in what's... Ukraine now at the time, it was Lithuania, Poland, um, but his name is Rabbi Nachman, and think Luther, think Calvin, I guess in our own fellowship, you can think of Barton or Stone or somebody, but kind of a, a, a towering intellect of a uh, teacher, and just respected, and um, he died in 1810. I, I didn't write down the year that he was born in, so he would have been born in like the 1750s or 60s or something. Um, but, but just kind of a towering scholar. But my um, introduction to him was, to this day, there's young Hasidic Jewish men that they drive around Jerusalem during the day, and they literally have, have a party van. They have kind of a platform on top of the van, and they get out and they play what sounds like techno dance music and they just get out and they chant and they and they and they just exude the joy of God because that was one of the things that this towering intellect wrote about. And so I came in from kind of like these guys are happy and they dance and they just exude joy and they want other people to feel that joy and to say that this comes from God. And then I learned more about the rabbi and I'm thinking he's kind of a lightweight who's just happy, happy, happy. He wasn't. He talked deeply about a personal connection to God and just praying to God as if he were uh, your friend, which sounds more Christian than Jewish. And he would do that a hour a day out loud. Um, and so he, he kind of had it all. And so I would like to go hang out with this group of people to, to kind of dig into that root of kind of the thought that he had. And if y'all know me, you know that I literally would be the last person to go like dance on a street corner, um, chanting. Um, but in that environment, I think you could get me to do it just if everybody else was doing it. But it's these Jewish men with like the hair and the, you know, the dark clothes and they're just out there dancing and it's just so cool. Dancing before the Lord with all their might. I know of another guy that did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Okay. Wow. I, would try that I out. just, I'm, I wish we had a video because if we did, I would somehow figure out a way to superimpose your face <laughs> on, on one of those guys dancing around, and and then we'd have that to see, and you'd be stuck here forever. I would be. <laughs> we we'd never get rid of you. Okay, so I actually have two more. You okay. can finish yep. your last one of them. I, I, one of them is not as important as the last one, but I'll say the military, like okay. that subculture. I I really I just I appreciate authority. I don't really have a big problem with authority, uh, mainly because I, I grew up with an authority figure in the house, and I saw him as <clears throat> someone who was loving and kind, and so not always terrible just because they had it uh, on a uniform. And so with that said, military is, uh, I appreciate authority. They have cool uniforms. That There would be like uh, challenging exercises, uh, which I know is way beyond what I can do now. Uh, but that's just cool to think about, you know, just pushing yourself to the limit. You know, Paul talked a little bit about that. And, uh, and then just an opportunity to, to serve others. Yeah. Um, so that's one of my really like, but, but the last one, I think the subculture that I really appreciate the most um, is the, the AA, um, uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and why I, I really like that subculture from, from afar is that they're people who are real 
and they're they're vulnerable. Um, you can go in there and you can share your hurts and your struggles and your past and just just be accepted. People are willing to sit and listen, no matter how crazy your story and your past and how broke how much brokenness you have. People are there to love you and accept you. And I just I want that to be. Um, what people experience when they walk into a, a, a church building, that they, they feel that. Um, and, and the other thing is, is that in AA, it seems like there's just this real sense of family. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's, that's one that, you know, I, I really appreciate those who, um, have, who are in that and, and those who support that is just a big deal. So those are my subcultures. That's an awesome one. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to have just a brief interlude of a song. I wanted to do the uh, Joe Cocker, um, uh, what's it called? I get by with a little help from my friends. Yeah, the Beatles wrote that, and, they're, and they protect their copyright. So I'm going to keep us out of trouble, and I'm yes. not going to play that one. But we're going to play just a snippet of a song from Plum, and then we're going to come back with a little more, I, I guess, Bible study portion yes. of our annual podcast. So enjoy Plum. Sink and swim. <clears throat> Chance for us to check our uh, notes out, get a drink of water. Oh, yeah. Man, water. You forgot. I did forget. Looks like you did, too. Okay, so we've introduced this theme. And I guess, why are we talking about it in church? A subculture. Well, uh, because I I think that kind of, in a lot of ways, defines the church. Yeah. And maybe even more so now than than. 10 or 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Uh, I, I think even 10. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's really why that recent. <laughs> I chose this. Yeah. Is I feel like for like since the beginning of the European settlement of the continent for, for my <laughs> whole life for sure, that uh, there's kind of been a, a moralized version of Christianity that has kind of been the American culture for better or for worse. Yes. Like it's far from a perfect Christianity. Uh, you know, you can look at slavery and uh, the Jim Crow era and just a whole lot of other things. But uh, by and large, that's kind of been a unifying force. Mm -hmm. And I think that's being chipped away. And I think that we need to get used to not being the culture, but being a subculture. Yeah. Now, whether you like Barack Obama or not, he actually pointed this out back when he was president. He, he talked about that, you know, America is no longer, you know, a, a Christian nation. And I know a lot of people were kind of up in arms about that, but I, I like, you, you're right. I, I kind of think there was a shift where it was a moving away from, it was so widely accepted by everyone as part of the culture. Now, you know, it's, it's kind of taken a, it has taken a backseat to a, a, the larger culture. Well, and I think a lot of the pushback that he got that um, about that was there were people that were thinking that he was saying that with kind of glee or joy. Yeah. And so I think people hear it better from when, when people say, you know, I'm actually kind of, kind of heartbroken about this. Yes. Uh, which I am because I think it's bad for the country, but I think in some ways it could actually be good for Christianity that we no longer are the dominant culture. So we're like, okay, 
uh, back in the 80s and 90s, I remember that a lot of Christians were going to boycott Disney and they were trying to pressure Disney. Okay, so like, I guess the modern day version of that is still Disney or even Netflix. And there's some objectionable, terrible stuff on Netflix right now. We could boycott him and we could try to get him to change and we could do protest and email campaigns and all sorts of other stuff, right? But I think that we're at a place that that's a waste of our energy and time. And if you want to cancel Netflix, cancel it. I did. Um, but then invest that energy and time in your local community because as far as like, changing the culture like in that type of way I, I i just feel like that the ship has sailed yeah that hollywood is no longer going to you know agree with with what christians wanted because now we you know we've lost that that power politically yeah uh and so socially yeah social and 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 really like you said i i think that's okay i i think it, we we can spend a lot of time trying to convince all these corporations and businesses and industries to say, hey, you, you need to accept, you know, our our version of America based on uh, our our lens. Yeah. And it's it's better off if we just say, you know, we're going to we're going to preach, you know, Christ crucified and and separate ourselves from that. Well, and I think that there are seasons of of life and of history in which the church looks out and then there are seasons in which the church looks in. And I think in both seasons, the church can be faithful. It can be a witness. And so for the rest of the 20 minutes that we're here, when I start talking about looking in, I don't want anybody to hear that it's a shutting of the door to a world that's dying. Um, I think there's a way to faithfully kind of let the culture be the culture and to be um, focused just intensely on what's local and what's relevant and really kind of building the body from the um, inside out. And so some examples of that is when you look at, at the Bible, um, the beginning of Acts, the church is faced outward. I mean, they're evangelizing and they're growing like crazy. But towards the end of the canon, uh, Revelation, Hebrews, some books, they start warning of like persecution and you can tell that it's like ratcheting up. Now, Jesus has always warned us about this, but you can sense that it's kind of starting to get serious. Mm -hmm. So I've been teaching at Veritas. It's a private Christian school. And so I've had to read a lot of the early church fathers. And so really from the, from the end of the canon until um, um, Constantine, the church was hunted. I mean, literally hunted murdered in public. The church had to turn inward. And then from Constantine until the fall of Rome, the church kind of gets to turn back outward again. And the church did amazing things. Uh, charities, hospitals, orphanage, um, all of these things were uniquely Christian. And they, and they exported their values. And even secular um, researchers, historians agreed that, that back in those days, Wherever uh, the faith went, people's lives got better, and the church was faced outward. Well, then the barbarians, they started to come in, and Rome kind of starts to crumble, and the monasteries were literally these little hubs of light that they weren't hiding from the civilized world around them. They were protecting everything that was good and holy and art and literature and the scriptures. There's so much that we have because of these little communities of faith that are like, Rome's burning, but we're going to stay right here and we're going to be local and we're going to be faithful. And so I love that idea of like, um, you don't have to pick one because the other one is wrong. It's like, what is God calling us to now? And I just preach a really long time. Yeah, no, that is, that is great. I mean, they, they really embodied the idea of sanctuary, yeah. uh, of, of going in there and, and finding protection. And I, I do think it's important for us as we start to move forward, as we are now entering into, you know, uh, a subculture era uh, of Christianity. And I, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not embarrassed about that. I'm not saying, oh, no, this is all falling apart. You know, I think the problem with being a part of culture is that wherever culture goes, we, we can start shifting that way, too. Uh, and so now that it, we're kind of divorcing from that, it gives us an opportunity to be to be set apart. Yeah, which is what we're called to be. Yes. So yes. there's a book. It's a very good book. I don't know if you can see it. 
Uh, it's a Dave Kinnaman book. I was supposed to get to hear him speak at a, a youth thing, and it got canceled, COVID. But um, in this book, uh, Kinnaman and Matlock, they uh, compare Jerusalem and Babylon. And I just feel like that, that uh, our culture, that I grew up in Jerusalem, that like you were expected to follow uh, moral precepts that were Judeo-Christian. And now I just feel like that we live in Babylon. Yes. And no matter where I live, I'm called to be faithful. Yes. You're in Babylon, um, you know, build houses. Yeah. Uh, you know, Start set businesses. roots. Like, like this is where God wants you to be. And so you, you've talked a little bit about that in a sermon before, of just a reminder of like, you know, this is this is where God wants us. Yeah. So no, no right. need to be afraid about I've, Okay. I've, I've got another book. Okay, go, go another Rod Rear, Change My Life, The Benedict option. Um, I, have, I have my kids in a private school. If you would have told me when I was a young, on fire, uh, for God, uh, teenager, or even in my early 20s, I'd be like, no, I went to public schools. I went to a state school for college. Like, you go there, and you're in the locker room, in the band room, and you're salt and light. And I still believe that. Um, but, I, but I read this book, and, and that's where a lot of my thoughts are coming from about just being intensely local and really and really being set apart and so that that book is the reason why my family is at Veritas now yeah and that's interesting because I I grew up exactly the opposite of of having grown up in a a private school and and enjoyed and appreciated it but you know I'm I'm kind of like well you know I want my kids to to be out there and 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 I, I I want them to to be the salt and light and so you know, there's a, a give and take on both of those, but um, I, I think I'm, I'm glad that you made a very logical, rational decision, not just said, ah, I just, I can't stay in the public school. Yeah. Uh, well, and COVID kind of pushed us yes. over the end, but uh, Rod Rare did, he, he did a lot of work on, on that. Yeah, okay. and, you know, and neither one of us are saying that one's good and one's bad. No, I mean, no. I could see us going back to the public schools if the situation were right. And Veritas kind of has that flexibility where our kids could do band or sports or something as well. Yes. So, anyway. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to speak ill of, of my time in private schools because, man, I, I, I don't know that I could have made it in public schools or, or I, I would have <laughs> gone a different direction. I was, um, it took me a while, but, I mean, there were, there were folks that were planting seeds. Uh, there went my microphone. There's some folks who were planting seeds in my life that that took a long time to grow, uh, but they were faithful in that. And man, I'm I'm thankful that they didn't give up. So yeah, okay. Uh, you know, can we talk a little bit about Acts? Yeah, go yeah. I, I, I want to jump in real quick. You you kind of mentioned a little bit about it, but we we're talking about subcultures. I I really think this this. When, when we read what takes place in Acts chapter 2, I know we all are, we think about verse 38, but I, I really uh, want to, to jump down a little bit, and there's really a whole section I'm going to read. It's, I say it's a whole section, it's one paragraph. Starting in verse 42, it says, They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many, wonder, many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and good, they gave to anyone goods. They gave to anyone uh, as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I mean, that just, you talk about community, you talk about a subculture. They were, they were I, I know they were going out, but they also took time to, to, to take care of one another. Uh, and it, it really was family for them. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the reasons was um, choosing to follow Jesus was a pretty radical crazy thought to have at that time. And and for a lot of people, that decision meant that, that their real family, their nuclear family, would no longer accept them into the house. And so this is, you know, they, they were making big sacrifices, but they were they were being entered into a a subculture of, of people who loved them, a family. Yeah. Well and you know that thing about the family, I mean, I think that gets to the core of what we're talking about, because you can't talk about the culture that you're a part of unless you talk about identity. And so in Philippians 3, 
uh, Paul, Paul has quite a bit to say about that. Um, he goes through kind of a list of, you know, if, you, if someone thinks that they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. You know, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm a Jew. I'm a Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law. I'm a Pharisee. As for zeal, I persecuted the church. He's like, those, those core things, I check every box. And sometimes, you know, like, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm a Texan, okay? You know, I'm not trying to brag, but I was a Cowboys fan in the 90s. They won three Super Bowls. I played Texas high school football. And so it would kind of be easy to kind of start checking those boxes and be like, yeah, you know, I think I, think I got it together. I think, I think my choices in life are good. I think the people that I, like, associate with are good. And Paul's like, I have, I have all of y'all beat. And what does he say at the very end of all of that? I consider it rubbish. I consider it trash. It's nothing. Yeah. Right? And so um, you mentioned family. And every time I read this in the scriptures, it kind of strikes me because Jesus is out there preaching and they come to him and say, Jesus, your, your mom and brothers are back there. And what does Jesus say? He says, you know, who, who are my mothers and who are my brothers? The ones uh, who do my, the, the will of my Father who sent me. Yeah. So the ones right? who listen and, and do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I really want, the, I, I want to be heard as a call, not as doom and gloom that the culture's gone, because I think maybe I've implied that, which I do kind of believe that. Um, but I want this to be a rallying cry to those people who do the will of God, that are that are uh, in your circle, invest in those people and love those people yeah. with, with with all of your heart. No matter what's on Netflix, no matter what's going on in Washington D.C., no matter what's going on in Congress or Albuquerque or anything else, just invest in one another because that is your family. Those are your people. Yeah, yeah. I and I I, I didn't ever see it as doom and gloom. Every time we talk about the idea of us, you kind of you know separating from culture. To me, I see that always is, is it can be really a positive. It gets mixed up with patriotism. Yes. And I love America. America's oh. Babylon, America's Rome. It's just the best Babylon and best Rome that I can think yeah. of. But it still is a human institution, and Satan is the prince of the air. Yes. And so it's, it's never going to be Jerusalem until Jesus is on the throne. Mm -hmm. And he's on the throne now. But we're still in that in that in that now, but not yet waiting period for uh, for all things to be redeemed, and so it's just that it's just that tension where, you know, I, I don't want to come across as I'm waving the U.S. flag, nor do I want to come across as like you know I think that's bad. It's just I feel like that those two things they kind of get mixed up, and we have a conservative church. I'm a conservative. A lot of patriotic, God-fearing people that we're talking to. Um, and so it's, it's kind of hard to hold those things at the same time, but that's what I'm trying to do. But if I have to let go of one, I know without a doubt which one that I'm going to let go of. Yes. Right. And, and as Christians, that's what we're called to do. Yep. Um, and I agree exactly with what, what you said. So yeah, that's, that's great. So I want to now want to jump over and go a different direction as we briefly kind of talked about, Hey, where, where are we going with, with all of this? We, we try not to talk too much because then we end up knowing what each other says and, and then we're not surprised when I see a picture of myself wearing a skeleton <laughs> outfit and a sombrero. That's true. Um, but, but I did mention that, that Philemon was, was a place that, that I think really describes kind of a, a subculture. Uh, and, and this is where, you know, you talk about like, it, he is going... Paul is going to, I'm using the word, I'll use the word separate. He wants to separate his rights as a citizen or Philemon's rights as a slave owner, as a, as a master, and speak to him instead about his role as a, a Christian and a brother. And so it's a really short letter. In fact, uh, it's, it's, I say it's one chapter long. It's technically not even a chapter. I mean, there's, there's no chapters. It's just, we have some verses in there. But, but really, the, the gist of it is Paul's in prison, and somehow 
um, he comes in contact with a guy named Onesimus. Onesimus, it turns out, was a slave of Philemon who had run away. And Paul meets him, and Onesimus is, is really helpful to Paul. And at some point, Paul learns the story and says, hey, I know Philemon, and I, I really don't know how this went down. But at some point, I, I don't know if Philemon says, hey, I really feel like I need, I mean, Onesimus says, I really need to go back to Philemon, or Paul says, hey, you need to go back. But at any rate, he sends him back to Colossae, where, where Philemon is, and he sends him with this letter. And, and so I just, I love imagining how that played out. You know, the, the, the letter uh, arrives, uh, the, the, the letter to the church in Colossae, and then the smaller letter specifically to Philemon, and standing right there is Onesimus. And Paul says, look, look, I'm, I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to command you, like, but I don't want you to see Onesimus as, as someone who is useless, he is useful. And the reason why he is is because you should see him not as a slave, but instead as a brother. And I just, I love that idea of that trumps, that subculture, the Christianity, the love that we have for one another, that trumps any rights that we think we have as citizens of Rome or citizens of America or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So. So that's, uh, Philemon is one that I really like. I, th- I think that's a great place to close. Okay. In, right. in with a runaway slave. So just a reminder, uh, if, if you chose to start watching this early and said, oh, wow, this is great. I'm, I'm going to watch this and then I'm going to go to church on Wednesday or go to the building on Wednesday, it's, it's going to be closed down. Yes. So just a reminder, Wednesday, November 24th, the day before Thanksgiving, uh, in the year of our Lord, 2021, yep. we will not be meeting here. All right. So, but we do appreciate, thank you for joining us, whether you're going down the road and listening to us, uh, or unfortunately you watched us and you saw some of those <laughs> pictures. Um, there will be some kind of lawsuit that will be formed about you, you know, defaming me. It'll, it'll be, it's in the works. There's a scripture about taking your brother to court. So yes. I'm safe. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you again Much for love. being here. Happy Thanksgiving.